This is Mental Maps, a podcast about navigating the mind. My name is Dr. Josh Waddell. I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner, mental health counselor, and host of this show. The content of this show is focused on creating a better understanding about the mind and how you can achieve optimal well-being. And we're back. Welcome back to Mental Maps. I know it's been a long time. It's been a while since we produced content, and I'm just so glad that we're back. I apologize that it's been so long. There's a lot of things been going on. I was finishing some academic work and just had a lot of different things happening, but I am elated that we're back, and we've got a great season ahead for season two. We're going to have some really good guests on, and I'm just excited for the, the knowledge that we're going to talk about and the issues that we're going to discuss, and I think it's going to be really great just kind of seeing what all kind of comes from this season and what's going to come from the seasons to come. So... What we're going to talk about today, uh, as we open up this second season, is, is a really interesting concept, and a concept I've really been working through over the last few months, trying to understand it better, trying to understand the differences that kind of lie within it and how it impacts our day-to-day life. And one thing I think is really important is that when we use these terms and these concepts, we're using it throughout the English language. And so I think when we're using these discussions, we're trying to take a word which has so much power in it and then expand upon it. And ultimately, that's all that mental health and psychology is. It's a a group of words that we're attempting to use to explain the human mind. And so I think one thing to remember as we go into this is this is English language and we're trying to differentiate what is one thing, what's another thing. And so what I mean by that is a concept that's called mental wellness. So, you know, we talk so much about mental health. Mental health has slowly became this really pop culture concept. Uh, you see it talked about in all these different uh, domains, and we talk about it now in sports, we talk about it in politics, and we talk about it in religion, and there's just all these different domains that mental health reaches. But one thing that's come from that is a concept known as mental wellness. And what we're going to do today is talk about what is mental wellness, uh, what's the difference between wellness and mental health and unwellness and and non-healthy and how that impacts your day-to-day life and does it even is it even something that you should care about or even worry about or want to make better in your life so to start out with what we're going to talk about is first what is mental wellness and how does it differ compared to mental health so there's a lot of different definitions of mental wellness if you look at what even wellness means wellness is not the absence of an illness rather it's just the feeling of, of being well. And so mental wellness is identified as this internal resource that helps us as humans think, feel, connect, and function within our world and our community. It's this active process that helps us build resilience, that helps us grow, and ultimately helps us flourish. So very different than what we've talked about with mental health in the past. Wellness is just really this internal concept that is how we function within our world and how we're growing within our world. Mental wellness is really a focus on like a positive human functioning. So it's preventing illness, it's maintaining good mental health, so difference in that, and pursuing optimal mental well-being. It's very self-directed, so mental wellness isn't something that is given to you. Rather, it's something that you're creating. It's very personal, and importantly, it's very subjective. What is one person's version of mental wellness is not another person's version of mental wellness. And I think that's very important because many times in mental health, we try to categorize things and make things very labelistic, whereas in this mental wellness concept, it's very personal. 
And it typically relies on the concepts of self-care, something that we've talked about before in other podcasts, this, this growth that you're having and this personal agency to cope with the everyday challenges that we, that we experience as humans. So it's this ability as things are given to you, you are then able to cope and work through and manage and be able to navigate the world that you're functioning in. And through this, you're proactively pursuing a higher level of happiness and well-being. So by being able to cope with what is given to you, being able to function in the world in a healthier manner, you are then on a higher level of wellness and ultimately a higher level of well-being. There's a lot of research out there that talks about how mental wellness is ultimately very empowering for people because it acknowledges this universal desire for all of us as humans to have peace, joy, happiness, meaning, and purpose. Uh, there's a, a great um, type of therapy that I used to use a lot when I was a therapist uh, before I got into the other concepts of mental health care and, and using of medicine. But it's the concept of choice theory and believing that we as humans are all looking to create autonomy in our life. We're looking to be very self-directed in our life, to have freedom in our life, to create this peace and joy. And we're going to do things that create that. So why is this important to you? Mental wellness kind of sets on this spectrum, if you will, with one end being this flourishing person who is navigating the world in, in a very healthy manner. They're coping with what's given to them. Their gas tank is filled up, like we talked about in another podcast, and they're just navigating the world. Compared to languishing, languishing is a, is a word that really talks about the absence of flourishing. It's someone that's really caught within the concepts or within kind of the, the bindings of being unwell. Languishing is someone that you would see that's very burnt out, they're very stressed, they're very overwhelmed, and they're just not functioning at the level that they would like to. Their brain isn't functioning at the level that they would like to. Now, one thing that's really important within this concept is flourishing is different for everyone. So your version of flourishing and my version of flourishing is very different. Flourishing in the Western culture could be very different than flourishing in the Eastern culture. No matter, there's different flourishing within throughout our country. So, you know, one person's version is different than another person's version based on their geographic location. It's just very different. And I think that's something that's important because when we look things up online, when we're reading different self-help books, when we're maybe listening to these podcasts, we start to put them on our life and say, what does this look like for me? How can I then implement this in my life? And what may work for one person isn't working for another. And so I think it's really important to know if you're on that journey, uh, no matter whether you're a clinician, whether you're just someone listening to this for fun, whether you're someone who's trying to understand your mind better, knowing that just because something's not working for you doesn't mean you're broken or you're weird or your brain is messed up or you're doing it wrong. It just means that it's not working for you. And that means that you're not flourishing. Just because another person flourishes with this thing does not mean you flourish with this thing. And another major concept of them flourishing is culture dictates what we identify as flourishing. And I think this is something that we're seeing more with the growth of social media. I know so many people talk about social media and the different concepts that exist within social media, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that kind of exists within it. But one thing that we know of is that social media and culture itself is giving you what they think flourishing looks like. 
So right now, if you were to like look at what someone would say flourishing was on Instagram or Facebook, it's the person with money and they've got this other person and they're having this adventure or they're doing these things or making these videos and they're taking these snapshots of their life where they're always happy and things are great. And, and that is not flourishing. That is not real. That is culture dictating that for you. And many people who are on this journey of mental wellness get this convoluted, diluted down version of what they think mental wellness is and what they think flourishing is and they're chasing this empty unattainable goal because this is what culture has given you and i think if you're on this journey and you're working 80 90 hours a week you're spending zero time with your partner you are having zero life all in attempt to make money and you're doing all these things and if you're flourishing in that and that's something that's very healthy for you despite it may be negative to other people that's something you can work out with your partner, but ultimately that's you flourishing. However, if you feel burnout and you're stressed and you're wore down and you feel unwell, clearly this journey of obtaining this amount of money or this car or this house or these things or this person isn't a version of flourishing that's healthy for you. And I think that is something that we all must look into ourselves and say, what is flourishing for me? I remember, you know, growing up, I always wanted, I grew up in a smaller town and I always wanted to get out of that town. Like that was my ultimate goal. Like I just wanted to get out, get out, get out. And I wanted to go to the city. That was a big thing for me. thought that was like where it was at, it's where you can make money. And so, you know, I do all this work and, you know, getting out, getting out, get out. And so I get to the city and I lived in um, one city for a little bit and then I moved to a much bigger city. And as I was in that city, despite me doing all these things to get to that place, that wasn't my version of flourishing. I did not do well in that setting. However, my my biological sister, she loves the city, could live in the city forever, and that is her version of flourishing. And so when she went on that journey, she found that and felt a lot better. When I was in that place, I did not feel well, and so I had to look into myself and say, this is not what I want and move a different way. And I think we all must do that, whether that be in your job, whether that's in your relationship, whether that's in just your constant pursuit of happiness. What are you doing and what is that flourishing? Because that is mental wellness. So then if we know that mental wellness is kind of on the spectrum and then we're trying to ultimately journey to this to this flourishing concept and we're not going to allow culture to dictate um, what our version of flourishing is, then the question becomes how does this revolve or even involve rather mental health? So Mental health, which is, you know, as we talked about earlier, this super pop culture term, something that we use in the world of healthcare a lot. Mental health is defined as a state of well-being in which an individual realizes their own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, and can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. And so that's a definition identified by the World Health Organization. So then the question is, how does this differ than wellness? So if we go back to those definitions and we look at it, the difference is when you have this mental wellness, it's this self-directed being able to function and connect and build resiliency and grow and flourish. Mental health is saying, I understand who I am, I can then cope with life, and then ultimately I can function better in my community. So it doesn't has nothing to do with this growth process of being better, or not, I won't say better, being able to cope with life in a, in a much healthier manner, being able to continue to work towards this desire of being well. It's either you're doing it or you're not. You're either 
in your community or you're not in your community. You're either part of something or you're not part of something. You're either able to cope with life or you can't cope with life. So it is very different in that it's not this, this not this journey of peace and joy and happiness and meaning and purpose. It is I can cope with life and then I can productively be part of society. And I think that's something that, that's very important and is, is something that we see a lot in the world of healthcare. You know, when you think about um, when people become very unwell in their mental health and end up, you know, needing some type of inpatient treatment or that type of service, ultimately they have gotten to a place where they are not able to be a part of their community. That doesn't mean that they're not trying to grow in some way. That just means they are very unwell and they can't be part of their community. And ultimately their mental health is unwell. And so when we we look at, well, not unwell, they are unhealthy. And I think that is a, a big, big part of this is what is the difference between being mentally unhealthy and mentally unwell? So when we look at mental unwellness, like we said earlier, that's that languishing, that overstress, that burnout, that loneliness, that just absence of wellness. We don't know how we feel like after a good run or after a good workout, you've been or you've been eating clean for a few days or a few weeks, or you're kind of in that zone of wellness. You're kind of we talk a lot in other domains about this concept of being in the flow, the workflow, the life flow. When you're in that flow, you're feeling well and you're feeling good. That doesn't mean you may not have some anxiety every now and then, but ultimately you're feeling well. Whereas in the concept of mental health, if I'm unhealthy, I have an illness, a diagnosable illness. And that, that brings in you know, what we use is the, the DSM, the Diagnostic, Diagnostic Statistical Manual, which identifies the criteria of what a mental illness is. When, and we're talking about very profound symptoms that are lasting for a long time. It's, it's impacting your daily functioning. And as it goes back earlier, you're not able to interact in your community and work productively and be fruitful. You are, un, you are unhealthy. And so many people will find themselves saying, I feel anxious or I feel depressed or I feel these major terms when very, it very well could be you're just mentally unwell. You're not depressed where you're not getting out of bed and you're unable to function in day-to-day life and it's lasting for weeks and weeks on end. You just feel very stressed, burnt out, and tired, and blah. And those terms are very different, and the treatments for that are very different. We're going to talk about it on later podcasts, just the concepts of these terms that we use in mental health and how we imply them in our world and how culture has taken them. But one thing to remember is that when we are, I would say, journeying to wellness, it's this self-directed long, lifelong process. When we're journeying to mental health, that's either saying I have an illness or I don't have an illness. I'm either healthy, meaning that my body, my body and brain are healthy, or I'm unhealthy, meaning there's something. It's the same thing with um, with your body. When we think about wellness in a body, think about someone who could possibly run a long, long run a long way, or they have good cardiovascular training, or maybe they're very strong. That doesn't mean they're very healthy. There are a lot of people who are very considered well and fit who are physically unhealthy. If you were to pull their labs, maybe their cholesterol is very high, maybe you know, their diet's very poor, they're having to do things to look like they're well or to be able to lift that much weight or to run that fast, but they're not healthy. And it's the same thing with our brain. 
So when we have this wellness and we have this mental health, it's important to also remember that one doesn't equal another and one doesn't have to have another. So a lack of mental illness does not equal wellness. Just be- And then just because you are mentally ill, so let's say I have a, a mental health issue, doesn't mean I'm not well. Corey Keyes completed a study on Americans age 25 to 74 looking at the concept of wellness. And so when we talked about earlier that spectrum from languishing to flourishing, and they, they also put in something in the middle called moderate And so they found that 70% of people who were diagnosed with a mental illness, going back to that DSM or even another criteria, either way, diagnosed with depression, anxiety, something such as that, had moderate to flourishing level of mental wellness. Meaning that 70% of people that were studied in this research was found to have mental wellness. They were even flourishing within their mental wellness. They were building resiliency. They were growing. They were flourishing. They were in this active process of creating self-care and building personal agency. However, they were still diagnosed with illness. It also found that among those what they considered free of mental illness, meaning that they did not meet the diagnostic criteria for a mental illness in any way, in the last 12 months, only 12% or 20% rather, 22 were flourishing in their mental wellness. So of the 80% of people who did not have any form of mental illness in their in their life during this study, they were not considered to be flourishing in their wellness, meaning that they were not trying to build resiliency and grow and flourish and be able to be self-directed and be in all these things. They did not have that. They were they were not they were not unhealthy. They did not have anxiety or depression. Rather, they were probably in that place of feeling stressed or burned out or tired or lonely or just wore down or just kind of blah or just kind of eh, you know, those terms that we use. That's kind of where they were at. And I think that that's such a great study and it kind of shows the difference between wellness and illness and how just because you have one doesn't mean you have the other and how to be healthy or to be in a place of improving your mental wellness and your mental health, they go hand in hand. So if you do find yourself being in a mental health episode or you you have a diagnosable mental illness, or maybe you know that there is a chance you, you know, there's a genetic predisposition to that and those types of things, understanding that mental wellness is very important with that. Because just because somebody may throw that English label on you of anxiety or depression or, or bipolar disorder or whatever that looks like doesn't mean you cannot flourish within your world and be active in in your community in a way that is very self-directed and creating a better optimal well-being within your mind. Research has also shown us that if you can improve your mental wellness, meaning that you're doing these things that are being very maintaining good mental health, you're like you're attempting to flourish and build resilience and grow and and do these insightful self-work type of things, you can decrease the chance of developing mental illness. People whose level of mental wellness declined from flourishing to moderate were over 3.5 times more likely to develop a mental illness than those who stayed in that flourishing state. While people those people whose mental wellness declined from moderate to languishing were 86% more likely to develop a mental illness. So if I'm not doing the things for my mental wellness, 
in the absence of a mental illness, I'm going to increase my risk of developing a mental illness. We've seen this a lot during the COVID pandemic, and I think you know some people talk about it, some people don't. But the people who we know that obesity is very connected with the developing of COVID, we know that there are other factors that are related to people contracting that illness and having a creating that virus and having a brave profound illness and it's because their bodies are not well the brain is very similar to that and that if we are not well mentally when things start occurring in our life and we are not able to cope with those things now we're putting ourselves at a risk to be able to fight that illness off whether that illness be a physical illness like a virus or a, a mental illness like depression and anxiety and i think it's a different way to look at mental health but mental health is an illness rather than just an experience. When you have true anxiety disorder, when you have a true depressive disorder, a bipolar disorder, whether it's genetic based, whether it's due to substances, whatever it's due to, you have contracted an illness. And we know that if you are not well, you're in that languishing state, you're at 86% more likely to develop a mental illness when the opportunity arises for that illness to occur. And so we know, since we know that the wellness can prevent illness, the goal is how do we improve wellness? So, you know, when we look at mental wellness in itself and we talk about the, the building of resiliency and growing and flourishing, I was, I was talking with someone the other day and they're like, what is self-work? You know, we talk a lot about self-work. That's a very pop culture term. I mean, I mean, there have been billions and billions of dollars made on self-help books, self-help podcasts. Ultimately, you can maybe even consider this a self-help podcast. I mean, all these things are where we're seeking out this insight into our own mind. And I think that within that lies true improvement of wellness. Are we looking for ways to improve our overall functioning of our brains in a way that if, an, if even something were to happen, we could overcome that illness? The concept of mental wellness really came out of this consumer-driven market of being able to say, how can I improve my overall mind without having to go to a, a healthcare provider? And you got to think this was even before the, the blow up, if you will, of mental health services and people going to therapy and the stigma that goes along with it. And so it is, hey, I don't feel well. How do I improve my wellness? How do I improve my brain functioning? And so people started looking for it and ultimately here comes self-help. And so you could say that improving wellness is a concept of self-help. However, I would I would really pump the brakes on that entire statement to say that that's all it is because it's much more than that. It's you being able to, to function throughout your life and feel well to gain insight. And so I would call it more self-work that you are working to improve your overall mind, to improve the way that you're interacting with the world, and that will allow you to feel well. And so there's a lot of different ways you can seek out ways to improve your mental wellness. If you want to go back to one of our earlier podcasts, we talked about the, um, the emotional gas tanks and just being able to fuel that gas tank so that no matter what occurs in your life, you're able to take it and navigate through it and it doesn't cause a, a major impact in your life. The National Institute of Health has a mental wellness toolkit. It's on their um, website. I think it's a really interesting toolkit that it discusses a lot of different things, such as sleep hygiene. It talks about diet and vitamins and exercise and positive social functioning, 
all these things that we use in the concept of trying to improve someone's mental health. However, it can prevent the concept of illness. One thing that I've really been involved in over the past year is just understanding nutrition better and understanding how vitamins and all these things work and ultimately how not only they can keep you from having mental health issues, they can prevent the illness and also treat the illness, but they can promote wellness. We know that a better diet can be helpful to it. We know that just being active, that getting adequate sleep, that having a good community around you. And I think that's one thing we're learning as we come post lockdown into this like, you know, post-COVID world of, of whatever we want to call that now, of what the ramifications of those things were. Because what we've seen in that regard was an, a, a removal of so many things that increased wellness, routines, social functioning, being able to obtain adequate nutrition, all of the things that we once have seen that have been helpful were removed. And so you know we are seeing this huge uptick of people who are having mental health problems and ultimately a lot of people who just feel really unwell because of the anxiety and the things that they're experiencing other things you can look into there's all kinds of apps now i think you know and i have like no stake in any of these apps i've heard great things about them the headspace app the calm app there's a uh, an app created by the ucla the university of california los angeles Mindfulness Institute has got free uh, body scanning and mindfulness exercises where you can just kind of work through your body and try to create a better insight into what's going on in your body and kind of de-stress and, and get through the anxieties of the world, you know, and just figuring out what works well for you. So one thing I would challenge you to do if mental wellness is something that you're interested in, I hope that it is because ultimately this is kind of how we interact within the world and how we're going to be better humans and navigate our day-to-day functioning. The first challenge is that you identify what is your version of flourishing? Is it someone who is, because remember, it doesn't mean you don't have a mental illness and it doesn't mean you're not going to have emotions. So you're still going to have times of sadness and anxiety and all those things. But how do you know that you're mentally well? Is it being able to, to cope with the day-to-day life? And so when someone cuts you off in traffic, you're not cursing out. Rather, you're just saying, ah, it is what it is. Or when all these things get thrown at you at work, you're not stressed out running around the office like a chicken with your head cut off. Rather, you're being able to say, hey, I'm going to be able to navigate it so you're coping with life. Is it someone that's just really involved into like nature? Or are you doing a lot of exercise stuff? Or are you doing a lot of um, nutrition things? What does it look like for you to be mentally flourishing? And then the second challenge is once you know what that looks like, then being able to say, what am I doing to achieve this version of flourishing? So am I reading? Am I meditating? Am I doing mindfulness? Am I doing yoga? Am I stretching? Am I getting outside? What is it that fuels you? Going back to that gas tank, but even more than the emotional gas tank that we've talked about before, what is it that gets you to a place where you can cope with everyday life? Because ultimately, a full gas tank, a full mental gas tank is mental wellness. The difference is consistent mental wellness is a consistently full gas tank. And even when the gas tank gets low, if you are mentally well, you can cope with that and refuel yourself. There are many people, I believe, that do a good job of filling up their gas tank. 
However, they don't maintain that gas tank. I think I've, I've fell into that place before too, where you're doing all of these things that, that you know make you mentally well. However, you're not doing them consistently. And so one week leads to two weeks, two weeks leads to a month, and the next thing you know, you haven't been doing the things that you need to do. And now when stress and life and all the stuff that we know is going to happen, we're humans, it's absolutely going to happen, it becomes too much to handle and we find ourselves being mentally unwell and feeling overstressed and burnt out and, and tired and just blah. So know what your mental wellness looks like. Know how experiment and find ways to build your mental wellness that leads you to flourishing and find that routine that helps you consistently maintain that. Because without consistently maintaining your, your mental wellness exercises, your gas tank's going to be low, you're going to feel unwell, you're putting your risk at finding a mental illness, and ultimately you're just not functioning in the way that you want to function in life. So challenge yourself. Look into it. Don't be afraid to experiment with it. Try new things. I think that's a great thing to do. I think a lot of times we get like three or four things in our in our toolbox or in our backpack that we use to, to kind of build our wellness. And, and I think we then find ourselves not doing the things consistently, not being able to find new things that are enjoyable. And so we get burnt out, which we know is mental unwellness. One other thing I'd like to add as we kind of wrap this up is mental wellness skills or the growth of mental wellness or let's even say mental wellness exercises because we're going to use that type of analogy mental wellness exercises are the different are different than coping skills if you've ever been into therapy or you you have any type of training in mental health we all know how pop culture term is the world of coping you got to learn to cope you got to cope with life you got to cope with life coping is not a mental wellness exercise so me getting anxious or feeling myself getting anxious, doing deep breathing exercises is a coping skill. That's not fueling my gas tank. That is keeping me from becoming overwhelmed and anxious and having my brain do different things that becomes hyperactive, which then leads me into feeling really, really anxious. Or if I am super duper down and so I start doing things like and I'm in this state of being down, and so then I just I do things like um, journaling or challenging my thought or going to talk to my therapist. Even though that can make us grow and flourish and build resilience, that is a coping skill. We're attempting to cope with life, whereas a mental wellness exercise is something we're doing that's building this insight into ourselves. And so I think many times. We use these terms interchangeably, but it's very important to know that a mental wellness exercise isn't always going to help you cope, and a coping skill isn't always going to build mental wellness. If I'm feeling really overwhelmed, me dropping down and doing 100 push-ups in the middle of the office may not be possible. However, me doing an exercise routine in the morning is going to fuel myself and build mental wellness. And being able to differentiate both of them is very very important to growing our mental wellness and then if you have mental health issues being able to cope with your mental illness so mental wellness i think that uh it's a great concept it's something that i'm working on i think it's an ever-long journey um you know we go back into uh 
the hierarchy of needs and we go back into you know Erickson stages of development and all those things and, and we're not going to go deep into that uh, that is some definitely psychology 101 but it is something that we're all on this journey of creating insight into ourselves and to be able to, to understand ourselves and understand our interactions with the world so I challenge you to, to do that Find what mental wellness looks like for you. What is your version of flourishing? What is not? It's not culture's version of flourishing. It's not your. It's not your partner's version of flourishing. It's not your parents' version of flourishing. It's your version of flourishing. It's not what makes you happy. It's your version of flourishing. Are you building resilience? Are you growing? Are you being able to have good mental wellness, good mental health? You're pursuing a higher level of well-being. You're not just chasing happiness. And are you coping with everyday challenges in a healthy way? Find out what that looks like. Look at the things that help you get to that place and challenge yourself. You know, reach out to other people, talk to other people about it. I think community as a whole is a, is a great way to build your wellness. And I think it's a great way to do it together. So thank you for joining. I'm so excited for the season two. Uh, we're going to be trying to produce content um, every couple of weeks. Going to have some great guests this this year. In this episode, we're going to try to be more consistent with it. I know um, I heard from some different listeners and kind of how, how they want a little bit more, and so we're hoping to do that. So if you guys, good luck. It's great to be back. Be safe, be well, and uh, promote wellness.